This morning, we have the opportunity to have a special guest speaker with us, the Reverend Peter Gordon uh, from Jabez Ministries. Thank you for that warm welcome, though. Uh, just a few words about me and then a few words about Jabez Ministries. Um, you can probably tell from my accent that I am not from Michigan originally. I've been living here for about 45 years, but I'm originally from New York, a little town on Long Island, 30 miles east of New York City, uh, called East Islip. If any of you are into football, uh, and if I say the name Boomer Esiason, does anybody know who I'm talking about? <laughs> Raise your hand. If you, okay. He was an old school chum of mine. We grew up together. So it shows you how old I am. Uh, yes, and I came out here to go to Calvin College, and I came out here to become a veterinarian, and I ended up being a minister. So that's another conversation. Um, yeah, so uh, about uh, 11 or 12 years ago, uh, I, I, I should say to, I'm here with my wife, uh, uh, my wife Alberta, Bert is her nickname. Uh, we live in Alger Heights. Um, I do a lot of my work at Grand Valley State University. I was at GRCC for 10 years. And in that time, we gathered together a team. And we call it Team Jabez, and it's our worship team. And you're going to be blessed by some music from one of our members. Uh, team Jabez, can you please stand up so everybody can see who you are? Feel free to embarrass them later. Um, we have Sarah Sanford, uh, Schaefer Russell, Julie Russell, I should mention they met at our group and they got married last September. And Jacob Bonnert. Uh, I've known Julie and uh, Sarah for about 11 years now. They've been part of our team. Sarah also sits on our board of directors. And I've known Schaefer and Jacob for about, what? seven years now so it's our team that's our leadership team they work with me we counsel together at gbsu uh, they come with me to these uh, pulpit supply meetings the chances to sell offer music uh, and we're all people with disabilities i started jabez ministries not as a your typical to ministry to people with disabilities. I'm a person with disabilities myself. Uh, I'm profoundly deaf. I have processing disorder, which is the old designation for it. Um, I still work with it. Uh, but if I were diagnosed today, I'd probably be on the Asperger spectrum somewhere. I also have a condition known as LDNOS, five letters with a semicolon in between. It stands for learning disabilities not otherwise specified. You have dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, a whole bunch of disses. Well, I'm one of the lucky few that seems to have all of them. But I managed to get a college degree and two graduate degrees, so I think we're okay. 
So that's Jabez Ministries in a teeny tiny nutshell. I hope when I start speaking, I can give you a little bit more background to it. And then later on when I'm talking, I'll share some stories that we've accumulated over the last 11 or 12 years. But right now, I promised you some special music. So Sarah's gonna get up and sing for us. And she's gonna be singing a song, believe it or not, was written by John Newton, the same famous gentleman who wrote Amazing Grace. And this is a song about the person of Jabez from the Bible. Why it's not in our hymnals, I have no idea.
Thank you, Sarah. Almost become sort of a theme song in a way. I usually, uh, um, I mentioned a few uh, disabilities uh, that I have with the learning disabilities, dyspraxia, dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia. And I sometimes have a little opening joke about that. Uh, most of you know what dyslexia is. Most of you know what uh, dyspraxia is. It's a, it's a difficulty in balancing. Uh, dysgraphia is a difficulty in writing. And dyscalculia is difficulty with numbers. Uh, and, and it also includes difficulty with making space. My 2D vision is terrible. I couldn't tell you how close I am to this pulpit right now, let alone. But it's, dyscalculia is actually quite common. There are a lot of people out there who have difficulty with numbers to a great extent. I understand that uh, 14 out of every nine people have it. So. So, yeah, a little bio about myself. And I want to, at this point, give a very heartfelt congratu oh, congratulations. Listen to me. That's the other thing. I, uh, I sometimes I have a bunch of words running through my head, and sometimes the wrong one likes to come out. So, uh, uh, so if I say the wrong word, Heartfelt gratitude for this church for sponsoring Jabez Ministries. Um, we are 100% self-funded. We are a very unique ministry in that we're not, as I alluded to earlier, uh, we're not a ministry kind of like Johnny and Friends or All Belong or anything like that. We go, the reason we're on a college campus is to find leaders to find people who are going to be leaders in the community, they're going to be teachers, they're going to be perhaps pastors, I've run into a few of those over the years, and people with disabilities have a challenge in this normal life. Very few actually go to college, and the ones that do find that they have to adapt daily. I have to adapt daily. I have to be, that's why you see me wandering around a lot, because I'm getting a feel for things. I don't know how the acoustics are going to work. I can't even hear my own self speaking. Um, as I said, I'm profoundly deaf, severely to profoundly deaf. I hear mumble. You raise your voice, I hear loud mumble. Okay. Then with the processing disorder, you give me a sentence. I'm on the third word when you're asking me what do I think. Okay. It takes me time to process that sentence. So, um, and you could talk to my wife about being married to, for almost 38 years to somebody like that. Makes arguments really interesting. Um, so we have all these issues. Uh, if you look at um, the COC and OCA's uh, Committee for Disabilities has just issued a form to, uh, it's, they call it the Brief Accessibility Checklist to make sure your church is, and it's a very good form, 
But hence the term brief access accessibility checklist. It's a very good form. I hardly endorse it. But for a brief checklist, should it really be seven pages long? <laughs> That's the issues of dealing with people with disabilities. It's, one, it's largely one-on-one. -on -one. It's largely, uh, if you met one person with Asperger's, you've met one person with Asperger's. If you met one deaf person or one visually impaired person, you've met one. We're all different. And it needs to be, my group is small because I have to work one-on-one. -on -one for the most part, with everybody. And I can share some of those stories later. So right now, um, let me get into why we call it Jabez Ministries. And now we're starting the sermon part of this. Uh, if you have scripture, please turn with me to 1 Chronicles 4, verses 9 to 10. Everybody's on their phones. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez because I bore him in pain. Now, Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my borders so that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that I might not bring me pain and God granted what he asked. This is God's very word. Some preliminary notes, I think, are in, in order here. Um, the word for honorable is the Hebrew word kavod. Sometimes it's pronounced kabod. It's where we get the name ikkabod from. Um, and kavod means honor, blessing. But it also means, traditionally, like with most Hebrew words, it's got another meaning, burden. So we here we here have Jabez telling us he's honorable. He has a burden. And that burden makes him honorable. Second word I want you to think about is blessing. That's barak in Hebrew, so that you would bless me. That is a very beautiful Hebrew word because it doesn't mean bless as in to give permission to somebody to give you a blessing like, you know, when Shaphan asked Julie's father for the blessing for the marriage. You know, that's not what it means. It means a blessing from God. It means a blessing I don't deserve. It means a blessing that I really, really need I know you are there, and I know you can give this to me. So it's that kind of blessing, Barak. Now it's interesting when it comes to the, it may not bring me pain, the last verse, in the New King James, anybody reading the New King James here? The New King James says, so that I may not cause pain. And in the Hebrew, the words work that way as well. So it's not to bring me any pain, not to cause me any pain, and to not be a source of pain for others. Now, one thing I know from personal experience and knowing these guys, James Bez, 
is that sometimes having disabilities can make you grumpy, can make you be angry. This is the way the world treats us. And here's Jabez asking for blessing so he doesn't fall into that. He doesn't fall into the anger. Now, where did all this come from? Well, as I said, I grew up in New York. And unlike today of cable and Waku and all the other stations, you, don't, you didn't have 700 channels to choose from. You had maybe five. I tell people that today, and they're like, what? So what did you do? Well, it gets worse from there. How many of us are old enough to remember when TV channels closed off for the night? And what happened with that? You had the, the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, and you had uh, a closing thought for the day. And quite often, where I grew up, on Channel 2, which is our CBS station, we had Our Daily Bread. And that was a priest or a rabbi or a pastor from the New York area who got up and would give you a read you a scripture and give you a closing thought for the day. One night when I was about, I don't know, I keep going back and forth on how old I was because I had my terrible insomniac and I would listen to the TV set with one of those really old-fashioned earbuds that was only this one earbud with the sound cranked all the way up. And one night, in the closing, it was usually about three or four, about two or three in the morning when this would happen. There'd be a movie, then there'd be this little closing of the day. And um, one, day, one night on Daily Bread, a rabbi from a local synagogue got up, and he read the passage from Jabez. But interestingly enough, we call it the prayer of Jabez. He called it the lament of Jabez, because it has all the elements of lament in it. He knows who he is before God. He knows what he needs. He knows where his troubles came from. And he says, God, at the very end, the God of Israel, that's really important. That's a, that's a phrase you see in scripture when you're really serious. It's almost like saying when you talk to me, instead of calling me Pete, it's Reverend Gordon. Then I know you're serious. The Pete has to go away, and the pastor has to come. Same thing here. He's saying, to the God of Israel. And he wants his blessing. And that really struck with me, because he also implied that he was disabled. Jabez was disabled. And it meant a lot to me, because I had been really struggling at this point. Um, to be honest, most people don't understand disabilities. Being deaf uh, isn't the same as plugging your ears. Being blind isn't the same as you know, covering your eyes. Uh, it's close, but it's not the same. And then you throw in my, my emotional distress and other things. I would run into, be, I was bullied quite a lot in school. And that continued into college. And I would often say the wrong thing. I would often mean it the wrong way. Uh, 
I sometimes think I'm very black and white. I tend to be very abrupt sometimes. So I was grappling with all that. And here we have this story of Jabez. And where it is is really important. You have it just plopped in, squashed in, two verses, into a genealogy of royalty. Now, if you read that genealogy of royalty, these folks are doing everything wrong. These are the ones who are supposed to be leading Israel. And they're stealing, and they're sleeping around, and they're, you know. So God throws in this teeny little two verses about Jabez, who was born in pain, who's not firstborn, he's not royalty, he's not privileged in any way, but he's more honorable than his brothers. So he's saying to all the firstborn and all the royalty in Israel, here's who you are, but here's how I want you to live. He wants, Jabez wants a blessing. Now, is God going to really refuse us a blessing if we ask for one, if he thinks we need it? Jesus, our Lord, Think of it a second. The perfect example for a disabled person. He comes down, gives up his glory, comes down from heaven, takes on human form, takes on human flesh. Our creeds say, very God, very God, very man, very man. And he's willing to be broken and wounded for us. He's willing to be, in effect, disabled. And we know from later on, after he, just before he ascends, he still has those scars. And he was disabled. We were not, we're not disabled by choice. We didn't ask to be born like this. We didn't ask to have an acquired disability. But Jesus did. Think about that. And he promises us, in a very familiar verse from Matthew 7, the, um, in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Which of you, who are evil, your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, are you going to give him a snake? So you who are evil know how to give good things to your children. How much more would your Father in heaven would give good things to you? That's the promise our Lord makes to us. And in his own way, Jabez knows that. In his own way, that's what Jabez is hoping for. It's this spirit, the God of Israel, that Jabez is counting on. That's where his honor comes from. And he is approaching in that honor to the Lord of, the Lord of creation in the seat of his glory. But he's, God is doing this, of course, according to his purposes. He utters his prayer, and it's a very simple one. And there's many translations for the prayer, actually. Some say, increase my borders, that is, give me more land so I can hire people to work the land and I won't be needing to beg. Some people say put more people around me to help me get through this world. 
which is what a lot of people with disabilities count on. We count on koinonia, we count on community. Come around us, walk with us. Moses asked, told God, I don't want to do this. That Exodus 10, verse 4. I don't want to do this. I can't talk. And God says, oh, come on. Who is it who gives man his voice? Who is it who makes the deaf? Aaron can talk. I'll tell you what to say. You tell Aaron. And he tells the people. He's creating community there. So having a disability doesn't excuse us from anything. Now, as a person who's had disabilities my whole life, up until for very long, I asked, why am I this way? And I would pray for God to remove the disability. But after being born deaf and born with all these disabilities, how do I really know what normal is supposed to be like? Like Whoopi Goldberg says, normal is really just a setting on the dryer. And the thing I began to realize is, because of sin, we're all broken. Now, you may not have a disability now, or you may have a condition that you don't consider a disability, but all of those things come from that this is a broken world. And the way people are treated with disabilities, are treated by the rest of the world, comes from that same source. That's what we teach at Chabez, that because of original sin, not sin per se, but original sin, not morality, but because this is a broken world, we're all broken. People with disabilities are not a minority. Who has broken a limb, an arm or a leg in this congregation? You were disabled at one point. Who wears glasses? You're disabled. Who gets impatient waiting at the line of McDonald's? <laughs> You've got a disability. So that's what we work with. But that is what scripture calls our inner self. That's from 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 8. So that we do not lose heart, the outer self is wasting away. But our inner self is being renewed from day to day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for the eternal weight of glory. Beyond all of our comprehension. As we look to things that are seen, but to the thing, not look to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. You, people look at us and they see the disabilities. Do they see Christ? That's the important thing. I have a little story. It's happened several times, but it basically goes like this. When I was starting this ministry, somebody said to me, why is this so important? I had trouble, I had trouble getting it off the ground. But this, I was asked by a church official, why is this so important? So I looked around. This is a North X after a service. It happened a couple of times uh, in different ways, but here's the gist of it. And I pointed out, somebody we both knew who was an elder, and I said, can you see Christ in so-and-so? And 
oh yeah, 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 he's done this, he's done this, he's done that, he's done the other thing. I pointed out a deacon and I said, do you see Christ and so and so? And then it's same thing, same reaction. She did this, she's done this, she's done the other thing. Of course I see Christ in her. And I did this two or three times more. And then I pointed out somebody we both knew who had Down syndrome. Do you see Christ in so-and-so? Now, they knew they had to say yes. But there was a pause. And then I said, this is why I'm doing this ministry, to eliminate that pause. So that when you look at me, you look at Sarah, you look at Jacob, Julie, Chafin, you see Christ. You see the things that are unseen. And not worry so much about the things that are seen. I was told by a minister when I started at seminary, ministry was no place for a deaf person. People could not conceive, could not perceive, could not think of, of me actually doing this and standing here and being here right now. So that is the gist of the lament of Jabez and why we call it Jabez Ministries. We're kind of going beyond all the stuff. I mean, all these other ministries are doing great, wonderful work. I'm friends with all of them. I work with all of them. They're doing great stuff. But now we also need leadership training. We also now need you know, people to actually, who have disabilities to actually go out there into the world and represent Christ in his glory. Jabez's prayer lies at the heart of biblical lament. We cry out for God's blessing when circumstances seem against us. And we remember, in the end, we're beloved children of God. And normally I would say amen at that point. But now I'm going to give you some stories. I told you the story about the elder and my friend who has Down syndrome. I also had a similar story of someone who, at another church I worked at, and the person had, was, had severe, uh, he, could not, he could not be vocal. He had very, very severe autism. It was the same reaction. It's almost invariable. It's almost invariable. I get the same reaction. There's this long pause. There was another person I knew with Down syndrome. His name was Brian. He worked for many years as, in the kitchen at uh, GRCC, and every morning, Every morning, I would set up a table in the eating area, the Raider Grill. Every morning, he'd come flying out of the dishroom, and he'd sit down with me, and he said, okay, he'd ask me three things. What kind of a day did you have yesterday? What kind of a day are you going to have today? In other words, he was asking me for my itinerary. And what can we pray for? It's not rocket science. That gentleman was doing a ministry. The same as a person I knew in my church who, uh, who had Asperger's and autism, non-vocal. And his ministry to the church was to bust the coffee cups after the coffee hour and load up the dishwasher. That way, it gave him a physical place to launch his talking, but he was slightly verbal, and talking to other people. One day our church decided it was going to go to paper cups. And this person overnight lost his ministry. 
we had to do some talking and finally got the cups back. Because this, this was a way for him to interact with the congregation. Took that away, you just saw him wandering around, pacing in nothics. Again, it's not rocket science. Sometimes it could be something really, really super simple. Same person. One day, um, I, was getting, I was getting some drink. I don't drink church coffee. I'm kind of religious that way. Uh, <laughs> the only church coffee I've had in Michigan that was worth drinking was in St. Adalbert's Catholic Church. Uh, I considered converting for a minute, but... Um, but uh, this particular day, his name was George, and he took out his wallet and said, Peter, I want to show you all my cards. So he starts, he collects business cards, so he started showing me his whole wallet. So I took out my wallet. And so let me show you what I got. So we started comparing cards. His mother saw that, and he said, Pete, in all these years, you're the first person to have done that. You really related together. And then since then, I've seen other people pull out their wallets and say, hey, George, I got this. You want to see this? Again, it's a severe, it's, he was severely, had severe autism, but it's not rocket science. Ministry can come in a variety of forms. Sarah's things. You heard her this morning. You probably saw her running her hand over her braille as she was reading her notes. You know? She's got a story. So uh, did you want to come up here and tell her about how we met? And keep it to 30,000 words or less. <laughs> Thank you. things I do for this ministry, I tell you. <laughs> Can you do this? How about this? How about this? <laughs> um, Pete and I met back in, what was it, 2011? Yeah, I think about 2011. Um, and he introduced himself to me, told me about his disabilities, told me about his, <clears throat> told me about what he was doing or at least he tried to, but I kept on interjecting with questions of, well, why are you here? What are you, why are you explaining all this to me? What's the point of all this? And after about five minutes of asking what and why, he said to me point blank, well, Sarah, it's like this. I want to start a ministry with disabilities. I'm here for us. And my jaw literally hit the floor. I thought I was going to have to bend down and pick it up afterwards. I was shocked. Wait, wait, you're here for people like, huh? What? No. But as soon as he said that, God was kind of knocking on my door going like, hey, hey, wake up. Stop sleeping. Open your proverbial eyes. <laughs> so that's when he asked me, would you like to become a part of this ministry? Would you like to help me? God's knocking again. Hey, say yes. It's what you've needed. You know it's what you've needed. 
You know you've been struggling trying to get to know me. It's what you've needed. Do it. And now it's about two. Over 11, 10, 11 years later, um, I've gone through a lot. I went through college and unfortunately kept our poor pastor up until 4 o'clock in the morning, screaming at the top of my lungs sometimes, even though I was typing everything out. I wanted to scream at the top of my lungs, but managed to graduate. And if it weren't for his support, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. If it weren't for his support, I wouldn't have find the tr found, been able to find the church that I'm a part of now, which is the Eastern Orthodox Church. I go to St. Nicholas. And if it weren't for his support, <clears throat> I'm getting emotional, sorry. If it weren't for his support, I wouldn't be where I'm at today working-wise. I'm a licensed massage therapist. And I went through a lot of struggles with that, too. So if it weren't for Pete's support in the community that I have with Jabez Ministries, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And it's all thanks to God for getting me on the path that I'm on. And if it weren't for God introducing me to Pete that fateful day back in 2011, I don't know where I'd be right now. So it's all thanks to him that I'm here. Thank you. This is the team that comes with me. Sarah comes with me sometimes to GVSU where we're ministering together to a, and so does Jacob, Jacob Bonner. We have another person, Jacob Bishop, who uh, we've been ministering to. And one of the big things, part of that ministry, he's a person with a number of disabilities himself and he's very, very, very angry. So we're teaching him about biblical forgiveness. And what I mean by that is, for somebody who's been bullied, do you forgive the bully? For somebody who gets the kind word, oh, you're deaf, but you, 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 you do so well. How do you forgive that? Well, you have to, otherwise you burn up. If you've been bullied most of your life, that anger will eat at you. And part of this ministry is that pastoral care now, again, this is a ministry that we do on campuses. We also do it off campus. Um, it's twofold, like I said. It's a campus ministry and a disability ministry. And one of the stories I can relate, this person was not disabled, but he was ministered to by us and other folks, you know, Sarah and others. Uh, his, uh, and he came, he was one of these people who came to a table, and he was an atheist, and he was loaded for bear. Um, he was ready to shoot down anything about the faith. He was ready to uh, condemn anything that was Christian or the church. And he said to me once, well, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. And I said to him, I hope so, because that's where hypocrites belong. <laughs> so we started talking. And at the end of the semester, he stops by our table again. He stopped by every, I think it was Tuesday or Thursday. He stopped by again, and he said, I hate you, Pete. And, but he said it with a twinkle in his eye. And I said, what's up? And I said, you got me reading my Bible again. 
That's the ministry. I mean, that, the campus offers not only a place for me to meet leaders with disabilities, but also to have them start flexing their, their muscles, their faith, and minister with me. That's why our mission statement is, is ministry by and with people with disabilities. This makes us a little bit different than all the others. Uh, Julie, who's with us today. Uh, I met her around the same time I met Sarah. Um, through our talking, John 9 tends to be one of our more popular, you know, the, the account of the man born blind. And one time after we were talking about that for like the upteenth time, uh, for the upteenth time, she looked at me and said, I get it now. I get it now. I get it what, what you're all about. It's not about you trying to make us like everybody else. It's about you trying to tell everybody else they're more like us than they're here to admit. Jesus even says at the end of John 9, if you were blind, really blind like this man once was, you would see. But because you say you can see, in other words, spiritually see, you're still blind. And that's what we're all about. These folks, we have gifts. And we're trying to make people see that we have gifts. If you, uh, he's probably going to hate me for this, but if you've noticed, Schaefer has left. He's out in the back in the North X pacing. He has Asperger's. I got his permission to say this, by the way. He'll probably still yell at me, but. <laughs> He'll do that at GRCC. He'll do that at GVSU. And people will come and say, what's wrong with him? We turn that into a teaching moment. There's nothing wrong. He's just being him. That's how he adapts to life. Try it sometime. We turn that into tea. We're not ashamed of who we are. We don't use people first language. Well, we can if that's what you prefer. There's also identity first language. But as far as we're concerned, our identity is in Christ. I'm Pete. She's Sarah. She's Julie. He's Jacob. He's Schaefer. She's Bert. That's where our identity lies. As children of God. Another uh, thing that I've learned, sometimes they preach at outdoor park, and they have what they call the noisy offering. I love it. You know those cans you get at Christmas that you wish you, your relatives wouldn't give you because they couldn't think of anything else to give you? Well, there's three kinds of popcorn in it. They're kind of like fruitcake. You wait till your relatives leave, then you throw it away. Well, they took the cans, and they have people with disabilities doing a noisy offering, and you have to have coins. And you throw coins, and they rattle these things all over the church, and they absolutely love it. Again, it's not rocket science. Brian, who I told you about earlier with Down syndrome, he sings in the choir in his church. Schaefer leads the worship at his church, or does some of the music. The, the, it's not anything really difficult when you start noticing the gifts in these folks. 
the gifts in us, in all of us. Because really, a, a good disability ministry talks about all of us. Like I said, if you haven't been disabled yet, you will be. The common nomenclature for that today is people with disabilities and temporarily able-bodied. But it's that temporary part. If you've broken a leg, then you can kind of begin to sympathize and empathize with somebody who's in a wheelchair. If you've had a bad ear infection and you've lost your hearing for a couple of weeks, then you can kind of empathize to a certain degree with somebody who is deaf. It's not perfect, it's not exact, but it's better than nothing. And you begin to realize through that, we're all the same. There's movements today that try to put dis people with disabilities into the category of a minority. I'm sorry, 100% is not a minority. So, here's where my dysgraphia comes in. I wrote a note down here and I can't read it. Ah, okay. I was reminded to not say something. <laughs> I know who I am. I know the mistakes I make. Um, so here's these stories. You can ask me about more later out in the back when we're enjoying our coffee. I'll be more than happy to tell you about it. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to tell you about their stories. Um, but I just want to give you one more scripture from John 13, 16 to 17. And this is it in a nutshell. You did not choose me. In other words, he's, this is Christ talking. You didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That's where our identity lies. He's called us and he told us to go and bear fruit. So that when we ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. In other words, he's saying, I've called you, I've equipped you, and I've called you together to work together. So this congregation needs to ask yourself, and I know you have some wonderful ministries, I've read your list, including Dura Ministry, uh, the Evangelistic Ministry, the Deaf People. Fantastic, I could be a part of that too, if you let me. Um, and with that, I will say amen. Thank you for listening.